Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to this episode. I am delighted today to have a great speaker with us who's going to help us about stress. That is the biggest thing that we're dealing with right now. And so let me take this opportunity to introduce our guest. Dr. Elizabeth Hughes is a Stanford trained physician with more than 25 years of clinical experience after treating thousands of patients with stress-related illness and having her own life nearly ruined by stress and chronic anxiety. Does this sound familiar, people? She realized that the conventional medical approach is completely inadequate to treat stress-related conditions, and so she vowed to do something much, much better. So her quest led her to a study on non-Western systems and health and healing a lot of words that I can't even read as I'm reading her by bio here, sorry. But she's a registered yoga teacher, a health coach, and a practitioner of several energy medicine modalities. She's developed the stress antidote system, which you're going to hear about today, a unique process to turn off the body's harmful stress response. And she's helped clients all over the world overcome the root cause of their stress and reverse symptoms of stress-related illness. And I am absolutely delighted to have you here with us today. Oh, well, thank you. This is really exciting. Thanks, Jen. It's good to be here. Yeah, of course. No, I'm really excited about this. So what a great pedigree of what you're doing and putting together. And what I want to talk about, I'm going to bring this up today because most of the people that are listening in are going through some type of transition or they're in a business that is just high, high, high stress and I myself have had an experience, not so much, well, we'll get into me in a minute, but my husband had three heart attacks in a two-month period six years ago, and we're coming up on the seventh year anniversary, and it was all induced by stress, every bit of it, and guess what? His physician missed it, our physician, our family physician missed it, to the extent that after he had the heart attack, and he went to the heart specialist that was assigned at the hospital, right? And, and right, that's fine, right. and we love him. She called that heart specialist into her office, and they manually, for three days, went through all of her patients because she was so afraid that it would happen to other people because Brian looked healthy. Mm-hmm. He's diabetic. He's type 2 diabetes, and she was treating him for that. So she knew there was the possibility, but not when another person who was in her office is over 300 pounds and has no symptoms whatsoever, not diabetic, 
all that. And Brian didn't look like that, didn't feel like that. And she said, if I can miss it with someone who looks good over someone who in the stereotype, right, doesn't look good. She right. said, it's, it's just really scary. But I know that it was stress-induced. He was always complaining about it. And I know there's a lot of symptoms to that as well. So those that are listening, we live in a society that is very stressed out. And I think partly because of social media, because we're all glorifying the busyness, right? We all have to sort of one-up each other. They look more busy. They're more successful. We're always showing the best parts of us. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're all chasing that. And we're living our lives through the almighty dollar. And it, you know, of course, that's what my coaching is all about is the lifestyle business mastery is to calm that down and get rid of all that angst that happens. And we're overwhelmed and we're overstressed and we're overworked and we're working these horribly long hours and we're you know, sacrificing everything to be like the Joneses, quite frankly. Right. And the Joneses aren't happy either. They aren't. Oh my gosh. And it's this false sense of security. Yeah. Yeah. So now that I've got everybody stressed, just listening and watching, which is what I wanted to do, because I actually have it in my chest right now. It's it's starting to feel a little heavy because I'm talking about things that I can't stand. Right. Right. Let's talk about how our health is affected by stress. Help us really understand yeah. How is it affected? I mean, because some people think they, eh, I'm not stressed. Right. <laughs> right. And that's what most people think. Or I'm stressed out, but it's not important. I can yeah. handle it. So to get to really, really basics, any time that you feel stress, your body is releasing this very specific soup of hormones and neurotransmitters that at a very fundamental survival level, your body thinks that it can't handle it. It might not survive. And that soup of chemicals, neurotransmitters, hormones, actually signal the body to go into survival mode. And every cell in the body responds, every single solitary one. So your immune system, your heart, your intestines, your kidneys, your lungs, your brain in a big way, everything goes on basically panic alert. And you may have heard the idea of you can't do calculus while you're being chased by a tiger. Like your body can't do those complicated functions. But our bodies have a complicated job to do. They're constantly repairing themselves. They're replacing our proteins. They're building new blood cells. They're making new antibodies. The heart is pumping. That takes energy and it takes focus, which the body does effortlessly. You don't have to think about it, but the body's working 24-7 to keep you healthy. But the moment that stress response goes on, it's like everything comes to a stop. It's like the fire alarm goes and the body goes into some degree of shutdown or diversion or minimal sustainable biologic activity. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what I was thinking when you said that. It's like calling all cells. We have a problem over here. Right. Right. All go over here. Right. And And everybody goes into the bomb shelter and huddles down and doesn't do anything else. And that works if it's like there's a bomb or a hurricane that comes through, but our bodies are so incredibly resilient that we're able to do this for year after year after year and think it's normal. Yes. But it's not healthy. It's like death by 10,000 paper cuts. Each little one is going to peel off and get rid of your skin and you'll get to that 9,999th and you're okay. And then 
you got a heart attack. Right. Oh my God. That is so funny. I love that. I'm writing that down. Death by paper cuts. Because that's exactly what I talk about with a lot of people in my coaching is that mine is stolen from Darren Hardy, who's a big mentor of mine, is that we don't get bitten by elephants. We get bitten by mosquitoes. Yes. And it's those seemingly insignificant little things that actually can affect change for us in a positive or negative way. Right. Right. And so one of the things for me, I mean, for me to be completely vulnerable is I just turned 56 and as I'm getting older, it's just harder and harder to keep weight off. I've never had to lose a lot of weight. I've always been fairly thin, but it's harder for me to keep weight off. And it seems like things are shifting in my life, right? And the biggest problem I have right now is in my tummy, my whole tummy area. And I'm stressed about it. I'm thinking about it all the time. Can I eat that? Should I eat that? I probably shouldn't eat that. A lifetime on the lips. A, I mean, a, a moment on the hips, a lifetime on the hips. I mean, I am consumed with what I'm consuming or not right. consuming. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm literally over consumed right now, <laughs> you know, and it stresses me because I look in the mirror, I don't like this clothing and, and then I won't look nice when I go here. And you know, I don't want my husband to touch me because he might feel my love handles now. And as long as I lay flat on the bed, I'm, I look thinner than if I'm standing. And I've never had a butt because I've always had no butt. And now I look like I'm standing backwards because my tummy is bigger than my butt. And I'm really stressed over this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I really am stressed over it. And I don't know what to do. I, don't, I just don't know what to do. So I'm giving up and it makes me more stressed. Right, uh, right. And, and, and I lit, oh my gosh, I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm hungry because I didn't eat after seven o'clock because that's what you're supposed to do. But now I'm guilty because I'm eating in the middle of the night and I'm having a little snack just to tide me over. Help me. Okay. Yes, I, I will help you. Yes, I will help you. So the first thing to realize is I really totally believe that diets don't work because the moment you decide you're going to restrict yourself, that survival-based mechanism that's inside you yeah. that can't see beyond this present moment thinks that starvation is what it's going to do. So all of a sudden you start craving things that you wouldn't crave if you didn't, you know, if you weren't trying to restrict yourself. And here's the crazy thing. That switch that I talked about where every part of your body changes when you feel like your survival is threatened or your metabolism changes completely. And this is where people talk about a calorie isn't a calorie. A calorie eaten in a sense of comfort and joy is metabolized properly and mm-hmm. is eliminated, the excess is eliminated. And a right. calorie eaten when the body thinks that might be the last morsel of food I get <laughs> is going to be held on to tight. Yeah. And it's interesting because of this sort of sense, you know, the abdomen area is where <sighs> the stress hormones yeah. put your weight. Yeah, it just does. That's just where it just soars it right, like right next to the organs where it can't be hurt. Yeah, so to speak. Yeah. So when I work with people, I mean, we talk about just how the body works in stress, and sometimes just that clarity of like, wait, I'm stressing myself out, and that's not helpful. And really getting into the specifics is helpful. But I also teach people how to communicate with their body so that they can figure out what their body really wants to eat. 
Because while I say I don't believe in diets, I do believe shifting what you eat helps, but you have to let that shift come a little bit more naturally and intuitively. And this happened to me a number of years ago. I used to eat everything. And I did a fast for a weekend, mainly as a challenge. A friend said, hey, I'm fasting. You know, you want to do it? And I'm like, okay, we'll do it. When I came out of that fast, I didn't want to eat meat anymore. Yeah. Isn't that funny? I don't drink coffee coming out. Right. Of I did the same thing. I did another fast and coffee went. And I used to drink like eight cups a day. So it's a matter of finding the right diet for you and having it come to you in a more organic way. And then food becomes fun and you don't feel hungry because there's no sense of I'm denying myself something. Right. You're just eating exactly what you want. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And I know we could dive more into that on the eating piece of it, but I was just saying in general, the stress that goes around it, right? So now let's take us out of the eating part. And now it's everything that's coming to us from our businesses. We're solopreneurs, we're salespeople, and we're being stressed and pulled from every angle. And we don't have enough time and we're sacrificing our family. We're sabotaging everything. I mean, we definitely are sabotaging our health. I can tell you when I was in the mortgage business, I would rather not eat lunch than to scarf lunch, which the alternative was stop and go get lunch. But I was too stressed. Everybody needed me. You know, everybody's coming at me from all angles. So what are some of the things that that's doing to us? Well, it's the same. Not just the eating, but just the, ugh. Oh, the stress. I mean, every way. I mean, because your survival mechanism is basically thinking, I can't survive this next moment. So the deadline seems as dangerous as the mountain lion, really, or the car accident that you're about to avoid. It's always because your subconscious can't figure out what's really dangerous. So it assumes everything's maximally dangerous. Oh yeah, that maximizes everything, doesn't it? Because exactly I mean, I about putting it, and those that are listening, you know, like putting yourselves in in your office, and when you're oh stressed like that, like just writing a note. I've got a note here, right? And and not because I'm stressed, but I'm just about ready to write a note, right? But have that note's like, oh, I can't do that note. I can't, I can't hold this paper clip. I can't. Right. I can't do anything. <laughs> well, and I even so to get personal, my son who's 14 lost a crucial piece of homework last night. And he was basically running around in circles saying, I can't find it. I can't find it. I can't find it. It was like, oh, sweetie, let's work on this because this is not going to go well later. And a lot of times it's right there, right? How many times have people said, I can't find my glasses? And they're on their head. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So I think the first bit of advice that I would give for people is just that stress I mean, if you really want to address it, stress is never neutral. Like it's not something that your body just can weather forever. So you may not feel like it's directly hurting you, but it's not helping you. And so saying, this is something that I am making a commitment to change And when I was dealing with my own stress, my own adrenal fatigue, I had chronic pain, I had panic attacks, it was miserable. And when I realized that actually all of this stress around me was in my control, even though, I mean, we have the same problem. Doctors don't get to eat. Doctors, like I'm constantly on call. When do I sit and eat lunch? I don't go out. I started to realize it was all something that I actually could control. And that 
actually then I was so efficient. Yeah. I was so incredibly efficient and able to get so much stuff done when I learned how to just turn off that panic response. Yeah. Yeah. And that is what everybody does, you know, and everyone handles it a little differently. You know, some people shut down when they're stressed and if you're not watching the YouTube, you know, but they're like, Oh, and they just grab their head and they can't figure out what to do. So they just, that's the freeze. Right. That's That's what the rabbits do so that they like look like nothing. Right. So nothing happens. Right. And then others like my husband, he's Italian. He flies off the handle. Right. Right. It's a fly off the handle thing. So I think everybody that's listening now is efficiently stressed intentionally. That was what I wanted to do is kind of get everyone in that framework so that you can give us four antidotes, right? Or the (laughs) four steps to getting out of stress. Right. Well, the first thing I teach people, and it's really kind of quick to do, and is really what it feels like not to feel stressed anymore because so many people have forgotten what it feels like. And so that's the first thing. And then you're like, oh, it's that simple. I yeah. can get there. Well, feel like not to feel like this. Yeah. And I think that is a challenge too, because when I think about hyper stress, it's one thing to be like what you're saying, like this perceived neutral stress, right? But in hyper stress, it's almost impossible to get to a thinking point in your psyche, right? In your brain, right. there's three points to your brain, right? And you can't right. even get up there. So right. how can we break that hyper stress down? Or is this something that we don't even try to do in hyper stress? We, we, we don't even try to do it in hyper stress. In fact, when I work with people, I tell them to start by practicing when they're absolutely relaxed. Okay. It's like learning to ride a bike. You need a flat driveway. Not a hill. Not a hill with your training wheels on, wow. and then you can go out and do the mountain biking. Right. You know, <laughs> but right. you have to you have to do it slowly. And this is where people run into problems. They like, yeah. oh right, I had this technique. Now that I'm in hyper stress, I should do it, and then they think it doesn't work because okay. they haven't trained. Okay, so we're not in hyper stress. We're sort of in neutral stress. We're taking time, you know, carving out time of our day to say, okay, we're going to attack stress from this day forward. Right. What is it that we do in this first step of recognizing when we're not, what it feels like to not be in stress? Are there some questions we could be asking each other? Well, so what I do is I lead people through an exercise remembering situations, oftentimes from when they were children, of what it felt like to totally and completely trust someone else. And you can usually go back and think about a specific incident. And for me, I used to be terribly afraid of thunderstorms. And I was at the beach in North Carolina and a thunderstorm came and my uncle just sat with me and explained as the storm passed over. And so it was that moment where I was freaking out, but I totally trusted him. And so if you can learn to put yourself back there in a really vivid way, and it's not quite the same as a meditation, but it's sort of an active recollection your body then that turns it off. And there's a, there's a specific process that I lead people okay, through. To do that. Yeah. So that's a first thing, you know, go back and find an, a place that you touch and you trust and relive it and get that feeling state, not just, oh yeah, it was, you know, the summer of blah, blah, blah. And we were at this house. No, just relive the, right, the experience. The of just having that release, a time yes. where you went, Okay. So it's not so bad. Okay. Right. 
And then there's other exercises and it builds on that, but that's your first step. So that's number one is remember what that feels like to feel healthy again. And that's your stress response turning off. The next thing I work on with people is some of the subconscious beliefs that may be that driver of what we think of as neutral stress. And we really look at that with hard, cold logic, (laughs) you know, like, oh my gosh, if I don't get that deadline met, there's going to be something terrible. Well, is that really true? And we work on that. So that people can look at these beliefs that flit into their head and say, wait, no, I've already dealt with that, that I've got other information about that. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. I want to stop here on this because I know specifically in the business that I was in for so long, you know, mortgage lending, that was a repeated offense. (laughs) It's a repeated offense. So there's two sides to this. And I want to kind of explore this a little bit. Please. So you do everything in your power. And you and I were talking offline about this. You know, I'm working on, you know, a new uh, core. I wouldn't call it a course, but just a new keynote speech and signature, you know, not a signature speech, but a presentation about how my belief system is that a life of values adds value everywhere in your life. And I believe that we are killing ourselves in our businesses, right? I mean, literally killing ourselves. Right. And I did some research on it, you know, and found that the number five profession where suicides are highlighted is in financial services. Okay. And that three out of 10 of the reasons people have heart attacks are in financial services. That being long hours, not having control of outcome, which is what I'm talking about here. Yeah. And sedentary, being sedentary, sitting at a desk, right? Which you have to sit at a desk when you're trying to solve a problem to get someone alone. You can't be out gallivanting. You've got to be at the computer and and working through numbers and things like that. So it's just like set up for failure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. failure. I mean, it's just kind of set up that way being, you know, the fifth top suicide business and three out of 10 of the reasons you have a heart attack. And I look at one of those three reasons is the lack of control. You can do whatever. I mean, because it's a repeatable offense, loan officers and realtors, for example, close anywhere from three deals a month to, you know, 25 deals a month. So it's a constant problem. And the action is you do whatever you can, and you're stressed about it, by the way, you do whatever you can to ensure that it won't escalate to more stress. Right. Right. And it means a vicious, vicious circle. And you're stressed because you're like, did I do everything? And then when it pops up and it's a problem, you're like, I didn't do everything. And you lose sleep over it time and time again, and you're stressed all day long. I don't know how you get out of that. Like you were just saying, the subconscious driver beliefs about stress and that I've already dealt with this before and knowing that I'm going to deal with it again, no matter what I do, this is going to happen again. I don't really understand how we can deal with that when knowing (laughs) there is stress coming, no matter what I do, it's going to be here again. I need to learn how to deal with it better. Yeah, totally get it. Because everything you just said applies to me too. Okay, I mean, good. Just, just absolutely everything. You can do everything right and it, things can still go wrong. Yeah, yeah. Here's what I've discovered is that when you and your body spend more of your time in the non-stressed mode so that you're not dealing with this low-level normal stress most of the time, when you do have these things that come up, which granted they may come up once a day. They come up once a day for me, something like that. 
I have way more capacity to deal with them and there are actually fewer mistakes made. And actually, I want to bring up a really interesting statistic for you when we're talking about causes of death that may relate here. So the third most common cause of death in the United States is unintentional accidents, right? Yeah. And you'd think that stress has nothing to do with an accident, totally unintentional. Yeah. But there have been several studies, and I'll share three of them with you right now. The first is there are higher rates of accidents in people who have rated their workplaces as moderate to severely stressful. So occupational psychologists will go in and rate and ask people, you know, is this a high stress environment? And in those places that are high stress, they have a 40% higher rate of accidents. Wow. So there's something about that. Most car accidents, that's number one. Number two, most car accidents, when you look retrospectively of what was going on in the weeks before or days before the accident, there's been some major life change, a loss of a job, a loss of a contract, some other stressful thing. Now, you wouldn't think that that would cause you to get rear-ended, which isn't your fault, but there's a correlation. Wow. And see, and I was thinking it was being distracted in the car at the moment. So not something in the past. That's interesting. But it's, it's distracted in your brain. You're yeah. distracted by what's going on. Right. And the third one is military accidental deaths. Now, being in the military is dangerous and there is unfortunately a risk of death, but the military does everything it can to avoid accidental deaths. But the rate of accidental death in the military is much higher for people who have either been demoted, not been promoted, or are stagnant in their career, which is causes of stress. Those people have a higher rate of death from accidents. So that tells me that some of the things that you can't, and this is what I experienced in my own life as well, is some of those things that you can't control I mean, we are energetic beings. And if you're putting out, I can't control, the world is out of control around me. Well, yeah, out of control comes to you. But if you spend more of your time in that relaxed, I can handle it state. And I don't mean relaxed in the sense of comatose, but relaxed, ready, able to respond rather than stressed, that you find that there's less of it. It wow. takes a while to get there, but it happens. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm being reminded sort of of, <laughs> and we've all done that. In fact, I was just on a podcast and someone was talking about it saying, bring it on, baby. <laughs> it's sort of like, I'm ready for it. Instead yeah. of, if I can avoid it as much as possible, then it's actually just going to come to me anyway. So get in the state of mind of bring it on. I'm bring ready. it on. Right. And I've done it before. It's worked out okay. Mm-hmm. And- I can do this again. I'm good at this disaster, which isn't yeah. a disaster. Okay, got it. All right, awesome. Thank you. Number three. Number three. <laughs> so we talked briefly about that, about learning to communicate with your body. Like yeah. really listening to what it is so that you're not doing all of that guesswork. Mm-hmm. For, for the people I work with, many people have seen dozens of doctors and tried all sorts of diets and nothing works. And they get to the point where they're like, the idea of making a medical decision about their health is stressful in and of itself. So learning to talk with your body and work in that way, that partnership with your body is key. 
And then the fourth thing I work with people on is making sure that they have healthful actions built in to their lives. It doesn't take long and it's really enjoyable. Like it's fun to feel healthy. And it's not just that you're not feeling stressed anymore. It's actually like fun to be alive once you get this right. Okay. So help me understand that. So it's healthful actions, right? Yes. It's my little H-U health hyphen F-U-L-L. It's my own right. little- Healthful actions. I just want to make sure it's not helpful. Right. right. It's healthful actions. So what are some of the actions that we would take? Or if someone's listening and they're saying, well, that is that just way down the road? I've got to get through these other things before I can even start doing healthful you actions? You can start now. You can okay, start so now. something I would do to, in my case, what would I do? So make sure to celebrate. So all of those stressful things that you make it through, celebrate. Celebrate yourself. I lived. And that feeling of celebration Ah, releases all of this happy chemicals. And people are really reluctant to celebrate what they do. We all downplay. We all think we're not doing well, but you need that celebration. It's like those daily gratitudes, you know, just having those daily gratitudes can put you in a different mindset. I mean, for me, it's dancing, right? So if something went really well, I'm like, I need some music to celebrate this. Right. And that's another thing is movement. And if you can do movement with celebration or movement with another person, like because relationships, like really trying to connect with someone is important. And so maybe you're dancing with someone, you and your husband dance a little bit for your celebration. And that's awesome. Having some creative outlet is really important. And that does not mean visual art. A lot of people think me to visual art. I'm terrible. So for me, coming up with talk ideas or doing research so I can put it together for my clients, that's my creativity. My creativity is words. And so finding what that is, making sure that you've got time to be bored. Yeah. Turn everything off so your brain doesn't have to respond for a little while. Yeah. See, so these, for me, that's dancing. I mean, that's what, right. you know, because I'm a competitive dancer. For me, it's dancing because it actually turns everything off. Right. Right. Me, right. Now, if you've never danced and you're going to your first dance class, it's actually going to give you stress. Right. <laughs> but there's something else that you might do because maybe you are a fantastic paper artist and you, right. you know, folding origami is your thing where it would drive yeah. me insane. Right. So you have to look at the instructions back and forth. They did it wrong. Right. Yeah. But if right. you just sit there and you just kind of do it and it's just, can I say that, I don't know if I can pronounce this right, but Sudoku, right? Yeah. Go, whatever, whichever way it is. That is brainless for me. Right. You can believe that. I mean, that for me is just, I, let me just do some, now doing a crossword puzzle, never. Right. I used to spend much of my time calling myself, my nickname for myself was Lazy Beth. It's Elizabeth. So I was Lazy Beth. So if I was ever blowing off, I was lazy. I was actually giving my brain this important downtime to think and percolate in the background. And I might've been doing a Sudoku or knitting is one of my things, or just wandering through the park aimlessly. And I used to blame myself for it. You need it. And so there's a whole bunch of things like that, that aren't hard or difficult to do that you can just build in that just automatically bring 
a sense of joy and excitement to being alive, which is the opposite of feeling stressful. (laughs) I know. I know that. You know what? You're all going to laugh at me when you all hear this because I love to clean. I love to clean the house. And it used to be that we had group clean because mommy was stressed and we have a choice. We can all do it together for three hours or I can yell all weekend while I'm cleaning, right? And (laughs) now it's actually just dumb, dumb stuff. I turn on the music and I just kind of walk around and I, and I love cleaning and and it is a good stress reliever. And I'll tell you, you know, in what we're doing here, I sit for most of the day doing videos, coaching, you know, planning, all those things. And it is my gap. I mean, I will get up and today it's do this. Every day of the week I do one little thing and it is my, I've got 10 minutes, I'm going to clean. Not because I'm stressed to clean, but because it's my, let me go move. That's it. Yep. And that's what I do. And let me not think about anything, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if people don't realize that they already have these things that are healthful in their lives, it's just making sure you structure it in. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I talk about that quite a bit in my coaching. (laughs) (laughs) It's finding finding those things. So I love those four antidotes to try to stop doing this. You know, it's just remember. So I'm just going to repeat them really quick, which is just remembering what it feels like to not be stressed, you know, in those beautiful moments that you had, you know, and I mean, for me, I could just go back to my daughter's wedding a month ago and use that as an anchor for myself for a long time because Absolutely. the feeling of not being stressed and and then the subconscious belief that I can't get through this when I've been through it before, right? And then communicating with my body and just honing in on making sure that I'm recognizing that the, you know, my visual is I am not going to send all the cells to one area. Yeah. I'm done right. doing that. Right. I am not sending the cells to one area. So the next time that I feel like I'm going, okay, everybody go back, false alarm, <laughs> false alarm. Right. <laughs> everybody go back. Right. And then taking action, you know, like doing things and celebrating that all the things that we're getting through on a regular basis, just celebrating happiness. I love right. that. I love that. So what would you like to leave it? Cause we're kind of finishing up our time here. What would you like to leave with everybody? You know, if there's one thing that you could leave with everyone, that's something that they could take, put in action or do for themselves today, today, right now, what is the one thing that you'd like to leave everybody with? I think it's just the idea that stress isn't normal. Yeah. And so the next time you see someone talking about how stressed out they are and you want to get into that sort of competitive suffering mode, well, you're stressed out, I'm worse, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my that, gosh, the glorification of it. Yeah, exactly. Just stop yourself. Stop and realize that that's actually not healthy. You think it's neutral. You think it's a way to communicate and connect with others, but it's not doing anything good for you. Yeah. Please stop saying I can handle stress because yes. people say that all the time. Oh, I know how to handle stress. I've got it. <laughs> yeah. You're handling it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not normal. It is right. not normal. Yeah. I love that. So what are you reading today that's inspiring you? I am reading a book by Chip Conley called Emotional Equations. It's one of those books that I took out of the library and I loved it so much, 20 pages in that I ordered it from Amazon because I know I'm going to want to go back to it. (laughs) That's awesome. And so what is this book doing for you right now? So I think in a mathematical, logical way, and it takes 
all the emotions and sort of breaks it down so you can look at the parts. And he gives a perfect idea at the beginning of despair equals suffering minus meaning. And so if you're feeling Ah. despair, if you focus on the suffering, the suffering gets bigger. And if you don't focus on the meaning, meaning is smaller, so your despair is higher. Right. Tells you where to put your focus. Well, maybe there's a meaning for that. That's where he begins the book. And that's sort of an idea. Because when you break these emotions down, if you want to maximize or minimize whatever is on one side of the equal sign, well, you can fiddle with things on the other side of the equal sign. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So I'll make sure that the link is in there as well. So if someone wants to get in touch with you and get de-stressed and they don't want to be stressed about trying to find you. Right. (laughs) So my website is my name. It's elizabethhughesmd.com and it's Elizabeth with a Z. And I'm also on Facebook. It's Elizabeth Hughes MD. You can find me. Okay, awesome. And that is where you'll want to reach out and send her an instant message or something, letting her know that you've heard her on this podcast and that you want to get some more questions answered. And are, yep. you, are you speaking at conferences and things like that, that if someone's listening and they want to de-stress their entire organization, they could call you? Yeah, I do speak to organizations. I don't, and so absolutely, I've spoken with I, both with medical organizations, which often bring me in, but also with volunteer organizations, patient support corporations. Yes, absolutely. Okay, awesome. So if you've heard Dr. Hughes today, and you want to bring her in to decompress everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Get in touch with her as well as it at elizabethhughesmd.com. Be sure to use the links in there. So I want to say thank you so much for coming here today. I'm starting to be de-stressed. I'm going to probably have to hang up and breathe a little bit more, take a little breath, a couple breathing breaths, you know, deep breaths for a few minutes because I purposely stressed myself out sharing this with everyone so that everyone can realize how this is affecting their health and how if they want to have a long, healthy life, they're going to have to change things. So thank you so much for the opportunity to chat with you today. It's been totally wonderful. Thank you. You're welcome. We'll catch you next time. Have a great day. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.